0: I am compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my particular hometown. Let justice rule down like waters, and righteousness like a mighty stream. We know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Of course, there is nothing new about this kind of civil disobedience. It was seen sublimely in the refusal of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to obey the laws of Nebuchadnezzar because a higher moral law was involved. It was practiced superbly by the early Christians who were willing to face hungry lions and the excruciating pain of chopping blocks before submitting to certain unjust laws of the Roman Empire. Let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and establish such a creative tension that a community that has consistently refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. Let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So today, we continue our conversation on Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail and Amos 5.24, the famously quoted Bible verse by MLK, Let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like a mighty stream. This series is called The Violence of Waiting because like MLK quotes in his letter from a Birmingham jail, that justice too long delayed is justice denied. To ask the oppressed to wait for justice is an act of violence. For the oppressed, the words just wait are akin to more abuse, more oppression, more injustice, more violence. For this reason MLK in his letter calls for white brothers and sisters to stop denying their black brothers and sisters justice, to stop denying liberation to the oppressed. MLK says this, we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. The words spoken by a man whose home has been firebombed for asking for equality, who had been beaten and arrested for asking for freedom, and was eventually gunned down in this struggle for liberation. Waiting for justice violently killed so many of those in the Civil Rights Movement. MLK says this, I have heard the word wait, and this wait has almost always meant never. It has always been a tranquilizing thalidomide, relieving the emotional stress for a moment only to give birth to an ill-formed infant of frustration. The oppressed are rightfully frustrated, and we have seen that frustration oil over to rage at times. How can you not be angry at injustice? How can you not be angry when we see the evil of white supremacy, of patriarchy, of homophobia, of transphobia play out violently right in front of us? And there are those who will squirm at the fact that I just listed those four things together. They will say that civil rights is different. But to quote MLK, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Everywhere. We cannot advocate justice for some and not relate that fight for justice with every other fight for justice. I read this quote that I could not help but hear in light of the conversation we are having today. It's from an a interview with this woman named Joan Morgan who wrote a book about hip-hop feminism. And it's her reflecting back 20 years after the book was, was written. But she says this, Morgan, or this is what was written in the article, sorry. This was what was written in the article. Morgan also encourages young people at the forefront of societal change to not cancel older folk playing catch up. People can be really impatient with other people's progress and development, she adds. They can judge harshly forgetting these things take time. I couldn't help but ask, Do we have time for folks to play catch up? What is the cost of waiting for them to catch up? Who else dies? Who else experiences violence? Because these things take time. I must admit, I feel the tension in those questions. On the one hand, I feel we don't have time to wait. And on the other hand, my own development took years and is still going. I don't come to this conversation lightly, presuming innocence or pointing fingers. You know how the saying goes, right? Pointing fingers at someone, you have three fingers pointing right back at you. And in my case, I'm troubled by the many ways I participated in someone else's oppression. And by the ways that I find I still do, sometimes unwittingly, sometimes purely because The privilege I have in society as a cisgendered straight man that grew up in Canada, and sometimes because I, like all of us, will function from a place of bigotry and power. This is the tension that we all hold, or maybe I should say that I hold. I am a participant in the system of oppression, sometimes as the oppressed and other times as the oppressor but I find the words of MLK shining a light on the way forward for us. I must confess that I am not afraid of the word tension. There is a type of constructive nonviolent tension that is necessary for growth. After all, FOS is a community that seeks to live in this tension. We have all committed ourselves to questioning, to listening, to presence, to resistance, and to cultivating space. These things only happen if we allow for that constructive, nonviolent tension that MLK calls us to. Do not be lulled into thinking that you cannot participate in the bringing of justice into this world because your starting point in this journey of liberation is different from someone else's starting point. We have been conditioned to think that oppression is normal. It's just the way it is, but it's not true. Oppression is something that we must find a way to be liberated from. The theologian, Willie Coleman, tells us that liberation is when the oppressed and the oppressor are both liberated from the systems of oppression. Let me say that one more time. Liberation is when the oppressed and the oppressor are both liberated from systems of oppression. Meaning that your liberation is bound up in mine and my liberation is bound up in yours. There's a scene in the movie Gangs of New York where there's a tenement house that's on fire and everyone in the neighborhood is standing around and watching the fire as entertainment. Competing fire crews are duking it out instead of fighting the flames. There is a point in the scene when a woman is pleading with the head of one of the fire brigades to save her house, but almost everyone is content to just let the whole place burn. That's just the way it is. I feel like this scene is an apt analogy for how many of us think about liberation from oppression. When we are not the ones who are being oppressed, we are content to sit back and watch it unfold even perversely take pleasure in the voyeurism of it all. Growing up in my faith tradition, I cannot help but think of the countless times I heard the phrase, it's all going to burn anyways, in regards to the many injustices visited upon God's good creation. It's all going to burn anyways. It's just the way it is, are both insidious ways of saying, Don't worry about injustice because here's the truth. It's not all going to burn and we don't have to leave behind ashes in our wake. It's not just the way it is. This is a carefully crafted system of oppression that works as it was designed. But it doesn't have to stay that way another world is possible a world of justice is possible a world of equity and equality is possible as followers of Jesus it is our vocation to live out the reality of that world roman 8:19 says it this way for creation waits in eager expectation for the children of god to be revealed we have an active role to play in fact creation is waiting for us to step up to bring about liberation for all creation. I want to return to the image of the burning house. There was so much information about the burning house that we don't have. How did the fire start? Was it intentional or an accident? Are the people who lived in that house good people? And so maybe we're not the people who are fighting while the house burns. Maybe we're just sitting back and waiting to get the answer to the questions before we can decide to act. But to do this is to let the house burn. To do this results in the same injustice as the people perversely watching and the ones fighting instead of putting out the fire. That is what MLK is talking about. Those who are saying, wait while the fires of injustice burn are just as guilty as those who are actively participating in the oppression. Both are part of the system of oppression. But what if everyone began to work together to put out the blaze instead, right? And make sure that the home is saved. And if it can't be fully saved, maybe we can work together to see it restored. MLK says it this way, Time is neutral. It can be used either destructively or constructively. I'm coming to feel that the people of ill will have used time much more effectively than the people of goodwill. We will have to repent in this generation not merely for vitriolic words and actions of bad people but for the appalling silence of the good people. Liberation looks like all of us, realizing that the house doesn't have to burn, that oppression isn't just the way it is, and then collectively we do something about it because we just can't wait.